0: We are here to provide an informative and entertaining method to reach out to our community of Spruce Grove. Our goal is to build connections within our society. If you have any questions or concerns about anything you hear on this podcast, you can email us at sgplpodcast at yrl.ab.ca.
1: one to Behind the Stacks. First and foremost we are a podcast geared for adults to share our world with you. All right here we are. Hi Simone how are you today?
0: I am really good and I'm very excited for today's episode.
1: Me too. We have some tricks and treats for our listeners. So we talked about it last episode but are you going to share with our listeners what your Halloween costume is?
0: Well my Halloween costume although I won't be working on that day sadly because mm-hmm. it's on Saturday. I am going to be dressing up as a Star Trek character.
1: You're going to send me a picture of that later, right? Because I uh, must see that. Yes,
0: I will. Yay! From uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, because that's my favourite out of all the Star Treks.
1: So I don't know a lot about Star Trek. Is that the card? Or...
0: Yes, the okay. card! <laughs> yes, you got it right.
1: Yay, me!
0: I have to ask you as well. What is your Halloween costume? Because I feel really bad I didn't ask you last time.
1: <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> I brought that to everyone's attention. I was like, where's my question? Uh, yeah, so I am working Halloween. I'm very excited. Um, so come and see me. I will be dressed up as a Ravenclaw student. So I have the cloak. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah made me a lovely mask. So I'll have a Ravenclaw mask. So I'll just be all decked out in my uh, Harry Potter house. So your house
0: is Ravenclaw? Yes, and you are... Hufflepuff. That's right.
1: That's right. I'm excited for that. Okay, I need to see
0: a picture of that too then.
1: Absolutely. We'll just share some pics. Oh, and one more question for you before we really get into our episode today is Mm -hmm. what is your favorite Halloween candy? Like, is there any special ones from like the UK that you enjoyed or do you like American
0: ones? Um, I like the gummy ones, like the gummy worms and... Uh, there used to be gummy spiders, and I'd like to like, bite off the legs and then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, very <laughs> like horrific. Die, spider die.
0: <laughs> and there used to be also these eyeball candies. They were kind of gummies as well. Oh. So you'd get an eyeball and it would feel a little squishy, and then you'd eat it, and it would be fruity and delicious.
1: Was there like a gooey colored inside? or yes. Something of like, go- oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible.
0: It sounds terrifying, but it was really tasty.
1: Oh wow, I'm like the exact opposite. I despise gummies. Really? <laughs> the more we are on this podcast, the more I'm like, how are we friends? How? <laughs> We're like polar opposites. We are polar opposites. Yeah, I... Oh wow, the gummy stuff. Yeah, that just turns me off. I don't know why. It's the look and the texture of the gummies. I'm like... <laughs> I, I just...
0: I don't understand.
1: I, yeah, it's not I'm, compute. I'm the chocolate lover. Kit Kats, specifically.
0: Oh, well, they're good any time yes. of year.
1: Yes, and you get so many fun flavors. So,
0: Yeah, they've really kind of upped the game, haven't they? Yes,
1: thank you to Asian cultures who have basically just exploded with all their flavors and awesomeness.
0: I like the Chunky Kit Kat as well. Yes. So mm-hmm. It's like a big bar. Yes, those are so good. Let's get right into our Halloween special with Housekeeping.
1: The first item I've got here is we have a special story time in Central Park from 10.30 to 11 on Saturday, October 31st. I believe we mentioned this quickly last episode. Yes. This is just another gentle reminder. Mm -hmm. Wear your costume and enjoy some fun-filled time with Sarah, our children's librarian.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a really fun time. Yes. So come by the library as well on Halloween where you can see Courtney dressed up in her wonderful Ravenclaw attire. But... If you come in your costume, you will get a free book and a treat. Juice box and a Rice Krispie treat. Now that sounds very delicious.
1: Oh, I did say what was really cool about my Ravenclaw cloak. The designers that made it, who were from the UK, so mm-hmm. of course I was like, this is extra special, actually made like a wand pocket. So like, really? I, I don't have a wand, but if I was ever to get a wand, it actually has a spot. Wow. <laughs> so you can pull it out, except for wasn't thinking i noticed that it was on i shouldn't say the wrong side but i'm Mm left-handed so it's like on the left side so i'm like get it oh no
0: (laughs) that makes perfect sense why wouldn't you have a wand pocket at hogwarts
1: right i know i just i was not thinking okay next we have oh we still have some free comic books available for everyone to take i believe the my little pony and zelda are gone Okay. But I think Naruto is still there, and I saw we do have some for all ages, so they are labeled for kids, teens, and adults. hmm So come on by, grab one of those. Those will probably be available until they're gone. I want them gone. Take them. Yes, free comics. Every day, books that
0: hold wonderful stories are left sitting on the shelves here at the library, overlooked and at risk of being withdrawn. Each podcast, we're going to highlight two of these hidden gems and tell you a bit about them and perhaps give them a chance to be checked out and saved from the chopping block as we present Rescue the Book. So, my book pick for Rescue the Book is Monster Christmas. So, it combines two of my absolute favourite holidays monsters for Halloween and Christmas. And Peter and Jean, two mischievous kids, love, love to draw monsters. They create Chris with three legs, four arms, and ten mouths, who escapes from the sheet of paper and becomes the family's new pet for Christmas. Jean and Peter go on vacation to the mountains with their parents, and suddenly an avalanche blocks the road caused by a monster in hot pursuit of Santa Claus. And it's up to the kids and their pet monster to save Santa and save Christmas. This was a quick read. Lots of fun, great illustrations, really bright and colourful, all the monsters are unusual and weird, but definitely not too scary. I don't think they'll be giving nightmares. I really liked the whole story about saving Santa, how it wasn't just the perfect heroes doing it. It was creepy-looking monsters. So it's really good for sparking imagination, and if you're reading it with your kids, you can try and create your own monsters. I would definitely recommend this book, and. I really hope it gets saved.
1: Agreed. And on that same note of creating monsters, my rescue book pick (laughs) is called Make Me Monster, a mishmash of monster craft by Jenny Harada. So (laughs) I think this is just perfectly tied in. I'm glad we found these books. Mm -hmm. Um, So my book, I, I guess I'm cheating a little because it's not really... Like a novel or a nonfiction book. Well, it is a nonfiction book, well, but it's more like a craft.
0: Craft and hobbies. A
1: craft and hobbies book. Exactly. And I think the little guy on the front is my favorite, but there's actually some very interesting, like <laughs>
0: a booger biter. <laughs> so that's a tissue holder.
1: Yeah, that's nice. So this is it. sewing
0: and crafting and felting. and Yes.
1: Oh, see, okay, my favorite is the basic beastie.
0: So to describe the basic beastie, uh, it kind of looks like a little baby octopus with one, two, three, five eyes, five red eyes. Um, Its top is fuzzy green and blue polka dots.
1: But you can check out all of our books that we have chosen for our rescue book pick on our display. We have that uh, set up.
0: Yes, we now have a display in the library. So when you hear about these books, and think... How can I get my hands on them? Just pop into the library and they'll be there waiting for you.
1: Yes, and they have been moving. I was I was worried. I was like, no one's going to like these. But no, people are actually taking them. So yeah, come on in. Find our display. I believe it's kind of close to the paperback shelves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll have all of these excellent rescue book picks available for our patrons.
0: So please, rescue the books.
1: Rescue the monsters. Do books. it. Our next segment is what's happening in Spruce Grove. Simone, do you want to start us off again? What is happening in Spruce Grove, even though we're going to go to Stony Plain?
0: We're actually venturing out of Spruce Grove. And we're going to Stony Plain. Oh, they're amazing. Who also have amazing programs and a wonderful library. And we really would love to give them a shout out today. So on the first and third Thursday of the month, that's a bit of a tongue twister is the Photo Fan Club. Due to social distancing concerns, the Photo Fan Club will hold regular meetings at the Stony Plain and Parkland Pioneer Museum at 5120 41st Avenue, Stony Plain. And at the Photo Fan Club, you can join the club to share photography tips, watch slideshows, and go on field trips. All school levels are welcome.
1: That was just fabulous A fun, Photo Fan Club picks pics
0: yeah and, and some stuffs see other people's amazing picks and get some advice on yours sounds yeah. great
1: so i thought this was really cool because it's kind of just a spin off of alberta culture days that we had in september mm-hmm. it's like, it seems like forever ago but it, it wasn't really does. <laughs> just this month Time is moving slow for me right now, people. I am so sorry. Uh, so the Spruce Grove City Council has selected six new pieces to add to the city's municipal art collection. Bring in the total collection to, drumroll, 241 original works of art. That's wonderful. Oh, not just art. Alberta's art. So the new pieces were acquired through the Allied Art Council, which is our neighbors. Shout out to Becca and our neighbors. Yes. Woo. Woo. Um, the recently held annual open art competition, which was part of our Alberta Culture Days event, mm-hmm. so pe- lots of people came and took a look at all the art that was available in person here and online. And they chose a variety of mediums, including a paper collage, two paintings, two sculptures, and one photograph. And Becca told me a special story that this osprey circle by James Gibbons. Yes. Um, it was his first time showing his art like to the public, and he was really nervous. But it's a it's a bird, an osprey mm-hmm. made completely out of discarded utensils so like forks and knives and, really yeah that is beautiful so that's really cool So into be shy of your work and then have it shown to the world and then for city to like purchase it mm-hmm. and now show it to the world even more. Well
0: done James
1: Good that's job. that's fantastic. Congrats that's awesome.
0: Um, you might know that Saturday October 31st is Halloween. Here are some safe practices to keep in mind, provided by the Chief Medical Officer of Alberta, Dr Hinshaw. Don't go trick-or-treating if you're feeling ill, even if symptoms are minor. So if you have a cough or a sore throat or sneezing, then just grab some candy and stay at home and watch a creepy movie. Choose costumes that allow a non-medical mask to be worn underneath. Make sure you can see and breathe comfortably.
1: Yeah, it's like my Ravenclaw one, so I've got a Ravenclaw mask ready for my Ravenclaw outfit, so you can totally meet mm-hmm. a Star Trek one.
0: So you can accessorize, really. Yes,
1: it's just another accessory, people. It's okay. Yeah. Still fabulous.
0: So unfortunately, due to COVID, try and minimize contact with others. Trick or treat with your family or cohort, remain within your community, and stay two meters apart. Avoid touching doorbells or railings. Call trick-or-treat from two meters away. Knock instead of using doorbells. Use hand sanitizer after touching surfaces. It is definitely a bit of a change, but you can yell trick-or-treat in a good monster voice. Or Batman, (laughs) trick-or-treat.
1: Just screaming at the door. Just own it. Yes.
0: And of course wash hands, and disinfect packages before eating your delicious candy.
1: Yeah, so those are some good tips for trick-or-treating. Now, handing out candy. I've got some stuff here by our fabulous Dr. Henshaw. You can find the complete list on the Alberta government website, so please check those out too, because I think it goes into more details about, like, if you're really cool and you want to have a party, which doesn't apply for me, because I'm not cool and I'm not having a party, but there's tips for how to safely have a Halloween <laughs> party. So anyways, back to handing out candy. Don't hand out candy if you're feeling ill or isolated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Makes sense. Yes. Uh, ask trick-or-treaters to knock or call out instead of ring the doorbell. So that's just one-off Simone here. Um, wear a non-medical mask that fully covers your nose and mouth. Uh, oh, this is a cool one. Use tongs to hand out pre-packaged candy to avoid handling treats. You just have like some barbecue tongs and just be like, oh, here. here you go. Yeah. I, I was a jerk. I was like, maybe I could just throw it at them. <laughs> go <on! laughs> Um, And then find creative ways to maintain distance from trick-or-treaters. So hand out treats from your driveway or front lawn. If weather permits, hopefully we don't get snowed on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say.
1: Yeah. Make candy bags and space them out on a table or blanket. Don't leave out self-serve balls or bulky candy just like space it all up so they can just grab and go and be like see a piece thanks for the candies mm-hmm. um, set up a table or desk to help keep uh, yourself distance okay i thought this was cool because i saw it in the news and if i had a longer like what do you call it what's the thing with the stairs handrail um yeah handrail. Yeah. it's the, the thing uh you can build a candy slide Okay, well, the can- see, the candy catapult just sounds fun because you can just launch stuff. Oh,
0: just- so that goes back to you saying go long. Yeah,
1: and- uh, it's a no-touch delivery method. So I'm sure there's a better way than throwing candy at kids, but I thought the candy slide was really cool. So you just kind of have, like, you can either use like a toilet paper roll or build, like, a tube and just hang it off your handrail, and the kids stand at the bottom with their bags open, and you just... Whoop.
0: That does sound really fun.
1: Right? So keep it fun, keep it safe. Um, Like we mentioned, go onto the Alberta government website to find more tips and tricks to keep you and your fam healthy for Halloween.
0: So as this is our special Halloween episode, we have a couple of extra special features. On our Facebook page, we posted describe your job, but in a creepy way. And we got some wonderful responses. So we're going to read out some of those and see if you can guess what the jobs are that they're describing okay this is from kim i test homes for a silent killer it sounds like a really good thriller
1: yeah a silent killer thriller so what is the actual job i just um
0: i believe it's a safety officer oh yes checking for carbon monoxide
1: see that that went right, right over my head <laughs> I just thought Silent Killer, like someone sitting above your cabinet with a knife, like...
0: (laughs) That would be the scariest job ever! And I was
1: like, how is that a job? (laughs) My goodness. I know, my mind goes to dark places if you read that already. What is that?
0: That would be like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something.
1: Right? Oh my gosh. Okay, so we have another one from Jenny. She says, I'm listening to every word you say and writing every one of them down. And someday, they may come back to haunt you. Ooh. That's so good.
0: Good job, Jenny. That's really creepy. And
1: I love that our community tried to guess it. Which is great. Because I... I I don't know what that is. And they actually responded back and said, like, yes, you're right. So, give me a moment. What do you think that is? And uh, Mary Ann, on the Facebook, asked, are you a court recorder? And Jenny replied, yes! So... Good job you guys that was a good one
0: so writing everything down and it may come back to haunt you just so anything true. you say may be given in evidence
1: yeah, that's, that's creepy but good job jenny and good job marianne good team mm-hmm. okay next one Ooh, okay mom. this next one this is good
0: i'm standing in the shower the hot waters just started fogging the clear curtain i feel relieved then bam a tiny dictator boss appears She orders me out of the shower. I'm just getting ready for my day. Shampooing my hair, I'm blinded. She screams, out now. I haven't had a day off in two years. She is angry more with me now and scratches me, screams and cries randomly. Sometimes she throws dangerous objects. I never know what's waiting for me in the stairs or worse in my coffee. What is she going to conjure up next? What is Ashley describing? she is describing the scariest hood you can ever go into parenthood
1: that is a scary hood indeed.
0: with little monsters toddlers
1: very well done Ashley that is so good they're all good but that's a good one yeah that really stood out yes
0: thank you to everyone who replied to that post.
1: Yeah, and if we didn't get yours or you decided to put one on after we took a look, we apologize, but yeah, check them all out on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Yay.
0: But we're not done with the Facebook fun.
1: No, we're not. We have more fun.
0: Yes, we also posted tell us a famous movie line and add at the end of it due to the pandemic.
1: <laughs> These are fun. <laughs>
0: so we're probably going to do some pretty bad impressions now of some classic movie lines, please don't be offended if we destroy them.
1: See if you can guess which ones we're talking about. <laughs> so the one I got up here is, we all float down here due to the pandemic.
0: Courage, dear heart, due to the pandemic.
1: Luke,
0: I am your father.
1: due to the pandemic.
0: Nobody puts baby in a corner, due to the pandemic.
1: Just keep swimming, due to the pandemic
0: it's just a flesh wound due to the pandemic. Yikes.
1: Oh. <laughs> I just, I'm thinking of all the lines as we're saying that in the moments when they say those the mm-hmm. lines and I'm like, that's hilarious. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn due to the pandemic.
0: Okay, here's my best impression ever.
1: I'll be back
0: due to the pandemic.
1: Oh no, I'm going to butcher this one. run oh, no. due to the pandemic that <laughs> was horrible that was excellent I'm so glad we got this one for you okay, a couple more Yep.
0: you can't handle the truth due to the pandemic
1: so thank you everyone for submitting those to us if we didn't read yours or missed yours we apologize but you can check them all out on our Facebook page
0: yeah, they are fantastic and it certainly put a new spin on a lot of those movies.
1: Those were fun, and I apologize for butchering all of them that I did. All right, <laughs> <I'm, Sorry>, listeners.
0: <laughs> I'm quite proud of my Arnold Schwarzenegger, though.
1: That was amazing. 18 <laughs> was 18. fine.
0: <laughs> now, welcome to a very special Halloween
3: hot stuff. Liz Anna. I'm Anastasia, the so Bibliographic Services Librarian. And I'm here to talk about cool Halloween stuff we have. Uh, The first one is Halloween Crafts, 35 Spooky Projects to Make and Bake. And in this spooky book, Emma Hardy will show you everything you need to make for a fun and frightening Halloween. There are seriously creepy, fancy dress costumes, scarily sweet treats, and ghoulish decorations. They are easy and suitable for beginner crafts, or there are some more challenging projects and some are even straightforward enough for children to help you make. We also have Halloween, a grown-ups guide to creative costumes, established decor, and fabulous festivities. Uh, it's brimming with practical and inventive ideas for parties, decorations, and costumes with an amazingly atmospheric design that's a luscious street for grown-up eyes. There's also some ghoulish makeup tips, supplies projects to enhance the holiday spirit, and finally, a section of seam party ideas. Now, I know we can't really do parties right now, but there's nothing stopping you from dressing up and being creepy for yourself. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, for more Halloween craft ideas, check out our nonfiction section, doing number 745.594. For fiction books, we have Death by Jack-O-Lantern by Morgan Alexis. The small town of snowberry creek washington is gearing up for halloween festival and naturally abby is on the planning committee as part of her duty she's picking up a pumpkin order from ordinary farmer ronald minter what she finds instead is the farmer in the middle of his corn maze with a knife in his back. don (gasps) don don you can find more creepy halloween books in our paperback mystery section or if you're looking for something a bit more scary The horror slash suspense section. As a reminder, we have a lot of children's books in our holiday section in the children's area. Just look for the Halloween sticker. There's a new one coming out called The Little Ghost Who Was a Quilt by Ryle Nason. It's about a little ghost who's a quilt instead of a sheet. All his friends are sheets and he feels very left out. But one Halloween, everything changes. The Little Ghost Who Was a Quilt has an experience that no other ghost could have an experience that only happens because he's a quilt. And he realizes that it's okay to be different. And it looks absolutely adorable. So you can place your holds now so you can get it when it comes in. We have a lot of Halloween movies, including the classics. Uh, it's a, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Hocus Focus. And my personal favorite, Nightmare Before Christmas. We also have the graphic novel adaptation of Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. And we have a book that's a sequel to Hocus Pocus, called Hocus Pocus and the All-New Sequel. It takes place 25 years after the movie. And Max Nelson's 17-year-old daughter, Poppy, finds herself face-to-face with the Sanderson sisters in all their sinister glory. When Halloween celebrations don't quite go as planned, it's a race against time as Poppy and her friends fight to save her family and all of Salem from the witch's latest vile scheme. We also have a lot of Goosebumps books located in the juvenile section under the author's last name. So the call number is J-S-T-I, and those are always a great read for Halloween. Now, if you're looking to add some ambience, we also have creepy Halloween sounds and Halloween music in our holiday section of the music CDs. So you can just plan a whole terrifying
0: Halloween just by coming to the library? You sure can. Now on Behind the Stacks, I would like to welcome our very special guest. She is our public services coordinator. She pretty much runs public services, keeps us all in line, does a great job. Ladies and gentlemen, Rina. Hello. Hi, thank you for coming to Behind the Stacks on our very spooky special. I hear that you're a fan of scary books and movies? Yes. That's wonderful. Well, before we get into all that good stuff, I have some questions for you. How did you start in the library world?
2: Well, I started working in my high school library for a job experience class. The one librarian, um, she was actually a library technician, had me doing all kinds of different projects. Part of my job was to go through returned textbooks, looking for graffiti and white it out. (laughs) So if you know teenagers, then you know that was a huge task. Yes, yes. I'd use a bottle of whiteout every 30 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. I was so confused about all the 420 references I found doodles in dozens of the books. <laughs> I decided it must be a math joke I didn't know. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's also work. I learned the Dewey Decimal System, how to process a new book to make it last, how to repair all kinds of book damage, how to use the school's utterly massive laminator. The librarian I mentioned before, she was the one who pushed me to get into Human University's library technician program. And um, I don't mean push in a bad way. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at that point, and I needed someone to push me. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you need that push. So yeah, she encouraged me through the application process, showed me where to network with librarians online, and she wrote me a letter of reference for future jobs. So I really lucked out with her as a refer- uh, as a mentor.
0: That's awesome. How long have you worked in the library industry?
2: Well, if we count from when I started that high school job, then it's been 10 years, but I didn't hold a library position while I was in college.
0: And how long have you been at the Spruce Grove Public Library?
2: I've been here over five years.
0: My goodness. Seems just the other day you were starting. (laughs) Time goes too fast.
2: You've been here too long.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Okay, this is always one of my favorite questions. What is your favorite or most memorable moment about working in the Spruce Grove Library?
2: Oh, well, gee, I've got a few. I mean, like there's the time a baby bunny decided to take shelter in the library entrance for a whole day. That was really cool. Baby bunny. Yes. It was like the size of my fist and I've got a very tiny fist. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the time I got to co-host the end of this uh, year's staff party with you. That was tons of fun. That
0: was so much fun.
2: Oh, man. We were awesome. Yeah.
0: We and should we be hosting so the Oscars or something. It was great.
2: Uh, let's see. There was that time during um, the shutdown that I got to live out that secret uh, dream all library users have. I was the only one who showed up for my shift. Everybody else called out sick and I got to spend the whole day in the library by myself.
0: Was it magical?
2: Yes, yes it was. It was the time that I found out a picture of me was being used to promote um, the Summer Reading Club, um, so the countrywide library event.
0: Yeah, that was wonderful and it was a great
2: picture. Yes, so that was a big surprise and very cool memorable that there was the time a car drove through the front doors
0: <laughs> oh my yes none of us will forget that in a hurry
2: no there was a library tech conference in jasper we attended last year well i attended with courtney um and that was tons of fun there was the spontaneous pizza party we also had during shutdown and <laughs> lots of fun stuff
0: we could probably do a whole podcast about all our memories of working here that would be fun it would. we should do that we <laughs> should what do you usually do day by day activities, and your daily routine?
2: Well, I run the public services department, so I do a little bit of everything involving working with patrons on the front desk. There's services development, procedure writing, fee negotiating, account troubleshooting, situation (laughs) (laughs) de-escalating, training and coaching my excellent department team, acting as a communication link between the team and upper management, Researching new developments in the library world. The very boring records management. More fun collection development where I get to help up. i got uh, the new stuff to come in. Oh, it is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, making signage, informational literature. And I write my monthly newsletter that I try to cram full of jokes.
0: We love your monthly newsletter. That's like a highlight of the month.
2: It always makes me happy to hear. Mm-hmm. And then I also work on the health and safety committee.
0: Wow, so you wear quite a few hats. Yes. You actually do wear quite a few hats.
2: (laughs) Yes, I am the hat librarian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a wonderful collection. Okay, last question. What advice would you give to people looking into getting into a career in the library?
2: Uh, Two things. After I received my library tech diploma, I wasted a few months only applying to school libraries, because that's what I already knew. I got nowhere. So go outside your comfort zone and apply to all types of libraries. You never know what type of opportunities could come up. And the second one is, um, don't ignore job openings uh, you're overqualified for. Most places prefer to promote from within. I broke into the industry at the very bottom of the library org chart. Two days later, a clerk quit, and I got a promotion. From there, I've climbed my way up to department head.
0: Well, we're very glad to have you as our department head. You do an amazing job. Now... Let's get on to the Halloween stuff. Yay! (laughs) Tell us, what what are your favorite things to read and listen to at Halloween?
2: Um, I can tell you some of my top picks. Absolutely. So first up, um, there's The Ritual by Adam Neville, one of my favorite authors of horror fiction. Um, The story is about four former university friends deciding to reunite for a several-day hike through the forests of Sweden. So they take off on this grueling journey, half of the group out of shape and poorly prepared. Their friendship's getting more strained by the minute, and it's not long before a shortcut gets them lost. And then they find the eviscerated corpse of something hanging from a tree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's always good to start to an adventure.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. So this novel falls into the horror subgenre of, of creature feature. My favorite thing about Adam Neville's stories is the way he uses atmosphere and suggestion to terrorize the reader. You know. Mm-hmm. That unknown sound in the dark. <laughs> Could be anything. So it just brings you right into
0: the story. I think they made a movie of that on Netflix.
2: They did. They just recently.
0: Yeah, I I watched that. It was really good. It was. But I'm sure the book's even better. Yes. They've
2: changed some elements. Mm-hmm. But they did a really good job with it. It was very creepy. Um, I haven't read all of his novels yet, but other books of his that I, I've read and recommend are Last Days, No One Gets Out Alive, Apartment 16 and The House of Small Shadows. And uh, speaking of The House of Small Shadows, that story is particularly great because it takes the creepiness of puppets and the creepiness of taxidermy and mixes them together to make nightmare fuel.
0: (laughs) That sounds terrifying. (laughs) Yes, yes. yes. I want to read it.
2: Do. I've got it on my desk. Oh, okay. Feel free to grab it afterwards. (laughs) Nice. One of the perks of working at the library. Um, I would recommend the movie The Orphanage. Um, original title is in Spanish, and I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I'll butcher it, but it's a top quality film directed by, uh, Juan Antonio Bayona, also directed by Guillermo del Toro. So if you like Pacific Rim, this is nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Spanish film from 2007, um, so if you like me you only know a few Spanish words, uh, you can watch it with subtitles. A woman brings her family back to her childhood home, which used to be an orphanage for handicapped children. Before long, her son starts to communicate with an invisible new friend. Oh, that's never good. And then he vanishes. Yikes. So it's all about mystery unraveling from there. I'd call it a grand gothic ghost story, uh, one that's going to scare you and then it's going to hit you right in the feels. So
0: you're already terrified and then you start crying. Yes.
2: Oh. Um, a great nonfiction read that takes you on a disturbing journey through time is "Paperbacks from Hell: The Twisted History of Seventies and Eighties Horror Fiction" by Grady Hendrix.
0: Yes, I've read that. You actually was... recommended that to me.
2: Yes. How did you like it?
0: I loved it. <laughs> um, my my mum used to read all of those uh, scary paperbacks.
2: So you get to learn the backstories of the writers, artists, and publishers that form the industry. Gawk at the wild collection of wild and weird cover art. And, like someone was saying, read the totally insane book premises that made it onto store shelves. Seriously, in the introduction, the author talks about finding an old horror paperback about Nazi leprechauns hiding in a castle basement. <laughs> the leprechauns, not the book. He found that in a garage sale.
0: <laughs> I remember one called Slugs, and yeah, it was about killer slugs. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that might be fun to read when I was about eight. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> it stuck. it stuck with
0: me. <laughs> But that, that might have helped to start my love of horror.
2: Um, another book, great book of Grady Hendrix's is Horror Store, a mixed-media novel set in a knockoff Ikea store. It's part story, part fake c- furniture catalogue. And the further you get in the book, the more sinister the product editor for Tasman's become.
0: Oh, yes, I've read that one too. my goodness. We have such good taste. <laughs> and the Ikea furniture starts becoming like torture devices. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's like, oh, here's a normal table, here's a normal chair, here's something looks, that looks like an Iron Maiden.
0: Yeah, and the next time I we went to Ikea, I
2: was just, hmm, <laughs> the possibilities. Like history with a horror twist, um, I recommend Dan Simmons' The Terror or Alma Katsu's The Hunger. Mm-hmm. If you like your horror mixed with comedy, I recommend Meddling Kids by Edgar or Cantero or Gil's All Fried Diner by Ailey Martinez. Or Bite by K. S. Merbeth. If you can handle body horror, I recommend Nick Cutter's books, The Deep and the True, or Scott Smith's The Ruins. If you like short story collections, I recommend After the People Lights Have Gone Off by Stephen Graham Jones. Isn't that a great great title? Yes. Oh, and there's Through the Woods by Emily Carroll, a collection of excellent horror comics. She writes some creepy stuff. And do we
0: have all of those in
2: our collection? We have almost all of them. I'm going to put them on our two purchase lists for Anastasia, the ones that aren't. There's, uh, if you like Ghost Stories, check out Joe Hill's Heart-Shaped Box. Oh, Joe Hill. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if you like young adult fiction, I highly recommend Long Lankin by Lindsay Barraclough or The Monstromologist by Rick Yancey. The Monstromologist. That's a great name. Oh, it's... So excellent. Wow. Well, you've just given me
0: a ton of books to add to my already growing reading list. Like My favorite horror TV show of all time is Netflix's The Haunting of Hill House. I've just started watching that. It's so good. It is. <laughs> I'm hooked. And I'm also watching The Haunting of Bly Manor. Ooh, That's, nice. That seems to be a bit more of a slow burner, but it's creepy English children in a old English mansion, so, you know, you're going to get some good scares with That's
2: that. That's on my two oh, watch list. That's
0: all I'll say about it then. No spoilers here. Yes, no spoilers, please. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rina. This has been so much fun, and I hope you have a very happy Halloween, and thank you for joining us on this special Behind the Stacks. My favorite horror movies, books, video games, mm. My favorite book, I would say, in the last little while, because I read a lot of horror, is Hark the Herald Angels Scream, which is a collection of short stories, horror stories set in Christmas time. So it kind of goes back to my Rescue the Book, which was also about monsters at Christmas time. I guess I just like the combination of the two. There's some really awesome short stories in this collection. There's one by Kelly Armstrong. It's called Absinthe and Angels, and it's about a tradition in Newfoundland called the Mummers, who at Christmas time, I guess people wear sacks on their faces and draw a creepy face over it and ask for treats, which sounds spooky enough, as it is, but this puts an extra creepy twist on it. And by the end, I was just biting my nails and it was a short story. So I'm kind of glad it was short because I don't think my heart could have taken much more. There's a lot of other good stories. There's one called Love Me, which is about a doll that really, really wants you to love it. And the ending just left me wanting to throw the book. It's just like, ah!
1: Scary dolls are where it's at, man. Yeah,
0: scary dolls. (laughs) One more in that collection was uh, Mistletoe and Holly, which was kind of like Pet Cemetery, but for humans. There's about 10 other short stories in that collection, and they're all so scary. I just love that book so much. For my favorite scary movie, I would have to say Aliens, starring Sigourney Weaver, who's my Favourite actress in the whole world. So, Aliens, if you haven't seen it, like Courtney, should mm-hmm. you're one of the few, I'm sorry. is a sequel to the classic movie Alien about a reptile alien creature that has a little mini mouth inside its big mouth that comes out and pierces your skin and kills you. The main character, Ripley, who survived the first movie, wakes up. 57 years later, to find that a whole bunch of aliens have taken over a a mining colony. And her and a bunch of tough-as-nails marines go and destroy the aliens and save the planet. And it's scary, it's exciting. It was made in 1986, but I think it stands up to today's movies, no problem at all. Great special effects, great acting, I've seen it way too many times. Favorite scary video game would be Among the Sleep. And I played this on the Xbox One, and you play a little boy who's about three or four. He wakes up, and everything around him is really strange. He grabs his favorite stuffy, a teddy bear, and you have to explore these different landscapes, figure out what different... Uh, images mean and different characters, what they symbolize. And you see it all through the eyes of a little child. So shadows are huge and imposing and there's lots of really creepy imagery and it ties up into, um, I'd say, quite a sad story at the end. It left me feeling very thoughtful once I'd finished playing. And there were lots of jumps, lots of scares. It's an excellent game, and I believe it's on the PS4 as well.
1: That's awesome. So those are some amazing picks from Simone and Rena. Now my picks, my favorites. So classic scary book, of course, is *The Shining* by Stephen King.
0: That is so scary.
1: It's so good. I still haven't read *Doctor Sleep*. I believe that's the mm-hmm. when yeah he's older and everything like that. So I have to read that. Um, it was funny. I read it in like junior high, and I was just like well, that's cool, like not scared at all, just like, oh, neat. And then now I want to reread it because I'm like, well, maybe it's scary now.
0: (laughs) I I found The Shining, the book, scarier than the movie, Mm. although I did find the movie very scary too.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's a big debate about whether the movie was good or whether the director's name slipped my mind.
0: Stanley Kubrick.
1: Thank you. Um, Did a good job. I mean, I know with that theme, I heard the stories about the female actress that was in it that basically was like, pushed to do a line yeah. over and over and over again and so that that's not very nice I mean what came out of it was like whoa like real terror mm-hmm. and distress at the expense of human beings so I'm not okay with that
0: yeah it's <laughs> a good point
1: point. and I've got oh scary movie speaking of movies have you seen the others I the have character? and I mean it wasn't even so much that it, it scared me but the twist yes Basically, you're under this impression that they're in this haunted house. Mm -hmm. Long story short, you find out that they're indeed the ghosts haunting a family. So when a door slams, because she would always have this, not a nervous tick, but just this um, routine to always close the door after she Mm -hmm. came in from one. So, of course, that's her as the ghost closing the door, which is like what we see scary. Uh, I just was like, wow. Yeah,
0: it really (laughs) flipped it on its head, the whole haunted house.
1: Yes, so I thought that was really cool. Um, Good choice. Yes. And that's an older one, too. I think we have that one, too. Now, and then this one, I just recently read it because I believe it's new. It was, like, written in 2020 or at least released in 2020 or 2019. So okay. it's fairly new. Mm-hmm. Um, it is called Tender is the Flesh by, I apologize if I mispronounce your name. It's Augustina Maria bestrica So sorry if that's incorrect, but... That is her name, and it's a short story, so it's not very long, Mm -hmm. and before I get into the details of it, Simone, have you read this book? I haven't. I'm going to give kind of a little bit of a warning to our listeners. Um, The topic of this book is not for the faint of heart, so if you do not want to listen and you would like to go grab a tea, grab a drink, have a bathroom break, come back and see us, or even just skip ahead the next two or three minutes um, to avoid this conversation, then please do. And we'll see you back soon but for those that are sticking around this book <laughs> and it's just so striking to me because you never really think of it basically the premise is they're in a world right now where all the animals have a disease and they can't be so you can't eat chicken, can't eat chicken cow and they soon find out that well humans need i air quote to eat meat to survive like a bunch of scientists were like no 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 we still need to get Meat some way, so mm-hmm. they decide to. <laughs> someone's got this look of like My pure God. terror. They decide that uh, they can they harvest humans oh. as a source of meat. Yes, so they have humans that they uh, breed, uh, very scientific. Like they're bred for certain things. The government's okay for people to eat humans. Wow. Yeah, and it's it gets really like there's a few like really squeamish parts like they tell you how they um slaughter and prepare them for slaughter they don't talk and what ends up happening is um the main character is given um they they call it special meat Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) and it's really rare if you get like a meat that had a name so it really was like not really something it's like under like the black market of meat okay so yeah and just how people like mentally we're like okay with this it's shocking it's 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 disgusting but it makes you just kind of think about humanity and if we were ever in you know as we're going through a pandemic right now Mm -hmm. if we were in other circumstances where you couldn't and they were like terrified of animals like anytime you saw an animal you were supposed to kill it like because it could harbor this disease that could kill humans so you just like no animals just humans Mm -hmm. but yeah he ends up getting a human who? And then you find out about his whole backstory, how his like wife is um, living with her mother right now because they were kind of in a little fight, like they lost a child because they were trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just goes in. And for a short story, like I'm talking about it a lot, but for a short story, there's a lot packed into it. So yeah, sounds that, like it. Yeah, that is my recent scary book, Tender is the Flesh.
0: Ooh, just the name is very creepy.
1: Yeah, and it's cool. I think the cover has like a picture of like... Kind of a little bit of a human, but then also, like, of a bull. So kind of like a human cow. Like cow, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that is my new scary book that i read recently. I, I want to read that. That sounds really good. Yes, please read it, and then we can discuss how weird and gross it is and just, like, anything that makes you kind of think outside of your own, like, normal human thoughts, you're like, oh.
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Well, there was a movie in the 70s with Charlton Heston called Soylent Green. Yes! And... I I don't think it'd be too much of a spoiler Mm because it's quite an old movie Mm -hmm. but the big twist was that the food everyone was eating was made from people that's right and I remember watching that as a kid and when that twist came up I was just completely blown away like that's the worst thing ever
1: right and you get that feeling in your stomach like (laughs) 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 yeah I was definitely questioning my food after reading this for about two weeks
0: yeah Well, that that was a very interesting collection. So thank you, Courtney, and thank you, Rena. If you would like to be a special guest or you have any questions or concerns or any great episode ideas, you can send them to us at sgplpodcast at yrl.ab.ca. Stay safe and have a happy Halloween.
1: That's it for us. So tune in next time for another exciting episode of Behind the Stacks. Thank you, Simone, for being here again. Thank you, Courtney. And we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.